Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Success Harbor Podcast with George Mazaros, where it's all about making success happen for you. Hi, everyone. This is George Mazaros with Success Harbor, and I have Lori Ruff with me. She is a Forbes Top 50 influencer, a keynote speaker. She's also the founder of the first LinkedIn services form. The list goes on and on. Uh, welcome, uh, Lori. Thank you. Actually, I'm not the founder of Integrated Alliances. Mike O'Neill, my partner, is. But he was really smart. This is what happened. I joined the company in 2008 um, as an executive. I came in for training. I was actually joined the company as a trainer. I was going to be um, doing their East Coast operations. And I came in for training and stuff. And two weeks later, I was asked to join as an executive. And then the end of uh, 2012, uh, I worked from uh, chief administrator officer to chief training officer to chief operations officer to CEO at uh, the end of 2012. So uh, Mike was pretty um, insightful, I guess, to, to give up the reins um, to me and, and know that his passion is in training and that's what he really wanted to focus his time on. And, um, you know, I've seen some other founders do that, uh, hand over the reins to other people. And it seems to be uh, a growing trend for startups now. Um, which is kind of kind of interesting. There's a, a whole slew of um, I know a good couple handfuls of other people like me who who came in as an executive or who came in as CEO because the founder really wanted to focus on their passion, which is cool. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense to me. Now. Um you're also the uh, LinkedIn diva. <laughs> <laughs> my fans call me that. My, one of my fans uh, started that moniker, and it stuck because I guess people know I'm fun, I'm approachable, I know my stuff, and I'm passionate about, about LinkedIn and social media, and particularly for business success. And, um, and you know, divas are, are fun people to be around and know their, know their stuff. And there are so many people to to claim to be, uh, you know, LinkedIn experts, but you are the real thing. So, I mean, you know that, and but I want everybody to know well, it that you we, are the real thing. Thank you. We we have trained over 150 other LinkedIn trainers, consultants, um, you know, experts, and such. And um, and and people do come to us. Um, our peers come to us when they've got questions because they know that we live it and breathe it every day. Now. Um, can you tell me what you were doing prior to uh, Integrated Alliances? What's oh, your background? Yeah, I owned a regional training company. I was um, I owned Document Solutions of NC. It was a um, North Carolina-based company. Uh, we did training, management development, um, human resources uh, consulting, um, helping people, helping companies find the right people. For their to fit their company culture and then get them in the right seat, make sure that they had the training they needed to do their jobs well. And we were, um, gosh, I, I won Small Business of the Year in 2003, 2004. I was named in um, from North Carolina Parenting's magazines as one of the top 40 places in North Carolina for parents to work, uh, which was really cool because we had flexible um, schedules, flexible work hours, flexible conditions. We had job sharing, we had all kinds of stuff, and it was kind of um, innovative at the time, a lot of telecommuting and things, and it was hard to do those things, but um, in our eyes, it was real easy because it, it allowed us to tap into the best resources we could, the best people we could to serve our clients best, and I found rock stars at the time, and uh, you know, at, the, at that time, North Carolina was really going through a lot of transitions. We lost IBM in the early 2000s, early 90s, um, 5,000 jobs out. You know, we, the, um, 
the seven, uh, two, 9-11 hit. We lost a lot of airline industry jobs. We lost a lot of textile. We lost the textile mill industry. Then we lost the tobacco industry. They went overseas. And it was just like hit after hit after hit. And I don't know if you remember back to the mid-2000s, 2004, 2005, when LinkedIn and Integrated Alliances were both getting started, that it was a it was becoming a big deal if you were in any kind of a management or VP or, or a, a career role for you to have a resume online. And at the time, the only way to do it was to fill out a form on CareerBuilder or Monster.com, which sucked because if you had a mistake, you couldn't get back in and fix it. Or you paid somebody to do your, your resume on Word, paid somebody else to convert it to PDF, paid somebody else to set up a website for you and post it online, and that's how you got your resume online until LinkedIn showed up on the scene. And when I found that, it was brilliant. There were literally, in North Carolina, we were doing job fairs at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. There were so many people out of work. And in that first six months I joined LinkedIn, uh, from July of 2005 to the end of 2005, I helped write over 300 resumes, uh, th convert 300 resumes to LinkedIn profiles at that time. Uh, but I hadn't thought about the networking power of LinkedIn until I met Mike O'Neill and uh, about a year or so later, well, 2008, so a couple of years later, and uh, really started to understand um, that power. But between then, um, I started getting tapped from people in other areas of the country who found me on LinkedIn and said, hey, we'd like you to bring your consulting expertise to our team, or we'd like you to come and train our group of people. And so I started traveling, and that's how my sites kind of spread. And now, you know, we have a global business, um, and, and it's, I, I had a, a client this morning I was on with um, Denmark. Yesterday I was on with Ireland um, and Italy. Uh, tonight, I'm going to be on with somebody in Singapore, and it just opens so many doors and so many opportunities. If you look at the, the people that are out there, you know, where do you want your business to go? What resources do you need to take it to where you think you can take it? You can find those resources on LinkedIn and on social media. So tell me, uh, you know, it seems to me that everybody that has a job, especially a white-collar job, mm -hmm. has an account on LinkedIn. Um, but the response that I get from a lot of people is they just don't know what to do with it. You know, right. they, they accept the connection request. They have an account. They might even log in once a week or a couple of times yeah, a month. To they don't know what to do. Using. You know, logging in, I have an account, I, I accept a connection request. If, you, if we stop that language and bring it back to reality, to people, right? LinkedIn was built to be a networking platform. It was created by former executives of PayPal who knew that each other were also connected to other top influencers and they wanted to tap into each other's networks and be able to um, ask for an introduction or find out you know, who you knew that might be beneficial for me or who I knew that might be beneficial for you. And networking is where it started. So if we, if we ignore the account, the connection, the, um, you know, the profile, the, that language of technology, 
and back it up to being human, now you get to see the power of LinkedIn. Now I'm connecting to real people on the other side of that computer screen. When somebody sends me an invitation to connect on LinkedIn, I am meeting them at a networking event. They are handing me their business card or reaching out their hand to shake mine. By golly, I'm going to reach my hand out to shake theirs. Tell them hello. Tell them a little bit about me, who I am, and how I can help them, and listen to how they can help me. So on my profile, my headline is kind of a statement of my value to the marketplace. My picture is there so people know I'm real and they can look me in the eye and start to trust me. My summary is an introduction about me and my company and who we are and how we can help, but it's about me first. I don't start with a marketing brochure. I don't talk about myself in the third person. It's conversational. It's first person. It's about value and credentials. How can I back it up? I say I can do these things. Can I really do it? So I do talk pretty early about being on Forbes top 50 social media power influencers list being the number seven woman in the world as far as um, uh, social power social media power influencers go of that kind of stuff so that people know I know my stuff right it's been third-party endorsed if you will and then I get into this is who we are we can help you get results we can help you get found we can help you get business this is how we do it here's how we can help you when you're ready for our help here's how you can reach me and, and so it's kind of a little bit of a sales pitch, but if you think about being at a chamber event, what are we doing? We're there to find people to do business with. And I have a lot of people who reach out to me, not only for me to help them, but when they see that they've got something that might be able to help me. So I have vendors reach out to me as well, and I listen to those because I, they've They've gotten my pitch. They see what my business is and who we are and what we're all about. So I give them the benefit of the doubt and at least look at what they have to offer. Often I'll have a conversation with them about what they offer. And if it, if it is something that fits, great. If it's not, it might be a fit for a radio show. It might be a fit for a column that I'm doing because I'm very prolific in creating content. Um, and, and, and it might just be somebody who, you know, hey, I'm going to be in your town in a couple of weeks. I'm going to be speaking in Detroit next month. I'm going to be over in Birmingham the end of April. Would love to meet you and have a drink with you and, and learn more about who you are as a person. And those are real, the real relationships start. Now, what happens with those kinds of relationships, even if it's not somebody I can do business with, it typically becomes a referral relationship where they say, oh, my gosh, I know somebody who needs your help, or I know somebody who could help you with, you know, and, and that's where it really starts to empower people. So strip away the technology. Go back to what you know about networking, about reaching out to people, about responding to people, about providing value first and then that is really where it starts to come to, to play and so, involved in the groups so what are some of the mistakes that you see people and companies do regarding uh, LinkedIn well a big thing that people do that they should never ever ever do and the reason is that LinkedIn will shut down your account is sometimes companies get confused and create a profile on LinkedIn companies do not have profiles on LinkedIn they have company pages Individuals have profiles on LinkedIn and nothing goes in your name field except your name and lettered credentials. Not your keywords, not your moniker, not your company name, not your phone number, not your email address or anything else. If LinkedIn sees that, they'll shut down your account and you'll have to start from scratch. So I am on a uh, just a tear to tell people that because it happens about every six to seven months, you know, I, my number of connections drops by hundreds. And I know that LinkedIn has been out, you know, um, 
purging profiles of, of people that are breaking that rule. Um, and I know people personally who it's happened to, including LinkedIn professionals that I said, don't do that, and they did it, and, and they, they bit the bullet, they, they got penalized for it, and now they're rebuilding. Um, so that's huge. The next thing is on your profile, like I said, your summary is not third person. It's not a marketing brochure. You're not there to market to somebody or to sell to somebody. You're there to network with somebody. Perhaps you're there to network with somebody in order to sell something or in order to market something, but the networking comes first. And that is where the real relationship building and the real power of LinkedIn comes in because people do business with people they know, like, and trust. That's always been the case. It will never change. If you cannot build trust, you cannot build likability, if you are just doing nothing but pushing, 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 people will push you back and they'll push you right out of their lives. They'll block you. They'll disconnect from you. They will not want to, you know, not want to hear anything about you. And it's, it's really sad to see that happen, but you know, you can win back um, reputation by changing your ways, so to speak, but it's so much easier to begin with to just get out there, polish your profile first, get ready, show up at the event fully clothed, in your best form, talking about yourself, who you are, what you have to offer, then start building your network because when you build your network, people will come back and look at your profile. Then you start to engage people, and you can search people, and you can find people. You can ask for introductions. You can have respectable. I mean, even... So, so give me an example. Let's say I'm a business attorney, okay. and uh, I'm not a natural networker, but I want to build my network. What, is, what are a couple of tactics that I can do? You know, let's say I'm in Los Angeles or wherever, and I want to, you know, I'm going to make a commitment to make LinkedIn work for me. What, okay. what are a couple of things that I can do today? Well, first of all, if you're shy or if you're not sure where to start, I tell people to start with who do you know? Who do you have business cards for? Connect with those people that you feel comfortable connecting with. Connect to people you know. Next, connect to people you might meet at a conference that if you went to a networking event, if you went to an industry conference, if you went to a regional group, who would you connect to? Who would you want to meet at those at those conferences, look for those people on LinkedIn and as you see them and engage with them, if you're having a conversation with somebody in a LinkedIn group because you're in the same industry and you think that guy's cool or that woman knows her stuff, then ask for an introduction, to, ask for an uh, invitation to connect and say, hey, I'd, I'd love to connect with you and keep that conversation going. Um, that's where it really starts. Then you're really building your network in a targeted way with people who can refer you. Now, a lot of people will say, should I connect to to peers and competitors. I think so. You know, even if you're a recruiter, a lot of recruiters won't connect to other recruiters unless they are also building their networks and they have 500 plus connections and 20 recommendations because they understand how to use LinkedIn. Um, by connecting to your competitors, you not only keep up to date with best practices, you can share best practices, you start to build a collaboration economy and it allows you to focus on the niche of the things that you love to do best. You know, you know, George, um, last week I was talking to a finance uh, professional in South Dakota, and Tim said, um, I have another friend in Virginia who's just getting started in financial services, and Tim said, oh, he's so lucky to have LinkedIn now because, you know, years ago, financial services professionals, in order to get their bills paid, in order to start building a book of business, they just had to go out there and pound the streets and knock on doors and 
and write every bit of business they possibly could to get the ball rolling, then 10 years into their careers, they're like, oh, my God, how do I get rid of all these you know, accounts that aren't in my niche or aren't things I enjoy doing or people I don't like working with? And now with LinkedIn, you can build in your niche and you can build with people and, and industries and whatever that you enjoy and allow, um, I mean, there, there's this great group on LinkedIn for financial services professionals and they refer people to each other all the time because they all know what their other niche is and they're like, oh yeah, you're in, you're in South Dakota and you like working with small business here, you want to know these guys. Or you're in you know, Texas and you're working with big enterprise companies and you want to know these people. And it allows them to really build their businesses in a way that they will enjoy getting up in the morning and going out and doing business instead of, you know, you, we've all had those, those days where we had to get up in the morning and say, oh my God, I can't believe I got to get out of bed and I got to go to work and I got to get on the phone with that particular person. Just shoot me now. You know? <laughs> so, so how, anymore. <laughs> how should we use LinkedIn to become an influencer in our market? You know, I, I mean, I mentioned a uh, business attorney, but you know, it could be anybody. I mean, I would imagine mostly B2B type of uh, uh, people or yeah, businesses. You know, but anybody really, because even B2C companies um, have vendors and have some element of B2B in their business. Um, but to become an influencer, I, I like to tell people, not just influencer, but for the networking, spend five minutes a day on LinkedIn. And even the, the people at LinkedIn asked me to write the book about this, and it's going to be a very short book. Um, but it's how to use LinkedIn in five minutes a day, how to network and become an influencer in five minutes a day. So you set your clock for five minutes, and that is the first most important step because if you come up for air 30 minutes later, you're going to say, Lori said I could do this in five minutes a day, and I've already taken 30 minutes, and this isn't going to work. I can't do this anymore. So set your clock. And when the five-minute buzzer rings, stop, no matter where you are. Stop and get on with your day and do it again the next day, and you'll learn what that five minutes feels like. Second thing is when you log into LinkedIn, you land on your homepage. So scroll down just below the news of the day for you to your updates from your, from your connections. Now, you can customize those and turn off job offers and you know, um, connection requests and people join different groups and stuff like that. I clear all that stuff out and I just look at people's status updates and I like and comment on about 10 or 20 of them. I just scroll down a little bit until I find like, 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 comment. Hey, that sounds great. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, the favorite number is 42. Uh, you know, whatever the, whatever the thing is, I don't get down in details. Um, unless something really strikes my fancy or really strikes my mind and, and turns that I've got to answer this guy on. Um, but I'm just making my presence known and letting people know that I'm there, I'm listening, I'm showing up to the party, I'm here if you need me. Then I do groups. So I've got about 40 groups that I that I go into for business development and personal reasons, about 10 or 12 that we manage and own. How do you select a group to go into? Well, I select groups based on my pers my professional and personal interests. So I'm a member of the Mustang Enthusiast Group. has nothing to do with business, but I love Mustangs. And the 2015 is coming out. I'm all excited about it. I want one really bad. My first car was a Mustang. I'm a Mustang fanatic. If your listeners are Mustang freaks, come look me up on LinkedIn and let's have a conversation, share a beer, and talk Mustangs because I got, I got some stories for you. But other things are I'm a, I'm a marketing professional, right? So I'm, I'm in some marketing groups. I'm in some 
executive groups. I'm in some uh, journalist and communications groups. I'm in some social media marketing groups. Um, I'm in some student groups uh, because we speak to students and, and universities. So what I'll do is I'm in two to three to four of each one of those types of groups. So I sort my groups by type by day so that if I'm on, you know, Monday morning, I'm looking at the marketing groups, I do all the marketing groups at the same time. So the topic is always marketing that entire five minutes or four and a half minutes now, right? Um, and then I go in and the same thing I did on my homepage, like and comment on a few discussions. It doesn't have to be a long comment. Sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. It's usually just a like. But when you like something, your name shows up. Lori Ruff liked your discussion, liked your update. And if you comment, your picture shows up with it. So it's your face. Lori Ruff commented on your update or on your discussion. People believe I showed up, I was there, I paid attention, I listened, listened, I heard them. And when I get around to posting anything, they will listen to me as well. And I don't post very often, but when I do, I get a lot of response. I'm on the LinkedIn publishing platform now. And when I post publishers, when I post new um, articles, I get several thousand views within the first 24 hours because people know my face. They know my name. They know who I am. I've been there. I show up every day. I participate. I make them feel valued. And so they return that and make me feel valued as well. Um, I've got a great friend who has also just joined the publishing platform who is not active on LinkedIn. His primary focus is on Twitter, and he gets anywhere from 20 to a couple hundred views. Same so, number of connections. So when I look in some of these groups, I see a lot of pushing, you know, yeah. a lot of people posting uh, <laughs> stuff. And, I, you know, it's like promotion, like self-promotion. Well, and I don't have anything against it, but no, that's what I see. about it, George. People just want to be heard. Right? And, but and but uh, I'd like to say, what I'm saying is that a lot of it is listen to me, listen to me, but not so much interaction. So how, right. do, how do you start a real interaction with somebody in the group? So you're not just saying, you know, hey, I'm the greatest, read my article right. type of thing. Well, when I do post in the group, I post things of interest to the group. So I really pay attention to who's in the group, who are the top influencers in the group, and what are they posting. Those are the things that are resonating with the group. Those are the types of things I should post too. And when I post them, honestly, I'll go to other members of the group, a couple of the top influencers, and a couple people who I've liked and commented on their posts, and I'll send them a private message. And I'll say, hey, you know, I just posted this discussion in the group, and I'm really interested in your thoughts on the topic. Would you, would you mind commenting? Would you take a quick look at it? And if you feel led, comment or, or share or let me know what your thoughts are. You can either comment or you can reply privately. And people feel honored that you would seek them out for their knowledge, for their thoughts, and for their expertise. And typically, they will respond and answer um, and, and go out and, and comment on those posts. So, um, you know, I don't do it every day. Um, I do that maybe once a week in, in various groups. Um, I might do it three, four, five times a week total. But when I do it, people respond because I've already been active in the group. I've been responding to people. I have been showing up and making myself heard and no, letting people know that I've heard what they had to say as well. And, you know, if there's a group and all that's there is just, you know, in the last hour there were 20 um, 20 things that were posted and there are no comments in the group. If you go into the group 
On the top right, you'll see an I, an italicized I. That will show you the group information. And you can look at the group statistics and see how many discussions, how many comments, how many likes and things like that, what kind of engagement is in that group. If there's no engagement in that group, but there's a lot of discussions, I leave. Unless it's okay. a group that I want to be a member of because I want to network with the people. Okay. Um, but I'm not going to be there for posting things. And I, and I don't make it a regular posting place of my own, I will go in and like and comment. I've got two of those groups right now that just people just just post all day long, and it's nothing but a po post fest. Yes, right? that's what I that's what I noticed. Uh, and uh, you know, I really like you know your emphasis on real connections instead of yeah. just being a robo poster or or promoter, self promoter, constantly on there. Um, if all you do is post and you don't listen, other, you can't expect other people will hear you either. Yeah, it's like going to some of those networking meetings where you know there are some loud people and they're uh -huh. just uh, you know distributing business cards yes. uh, and they don't really make any connections, but they they yeah. handed out a hundred business cards. My coach cards. told me I had to hand out a hundred business cards at this event. I'm sorry, there's only forty people here. Will you take three? No, go away. <laughs> you freak me out. <laughs> so let's talk about LinkedIn groups for a little bit. Who should start one and how should they use it? You should start one if you have an audience that you want to, to um, massage and mentor. Um, other than that, don't until you get to be a power user in the group. And um, if you're, I'll go ahead and send you, George, a um, LinkedIn group power user guide that you can make available to your audience. It's free. Um, and it just has some tips about being a group power user. I'll post um, it in the show notes if, if sure. that's okay. Sure. Um, but what happens is, um, you know, there are millions of groups, and people can only belong to 50. So there are a lot of groups out there that have one or two members or zero members. Um, you know, just very few things going on. Somebody starts it, they don't have the gumption to build it. So if you don't have an audience, don't start building a group until you do. Um, if you're a company, that might be a little bit different. You can invite your customers, but what value are you going to drive to the group? You know, the, the groups that are run by LinkedIn and run by Olivier P uh, Toppin out of Seattle, like LinkedHR, um, the Connect City group, the Staples group, the um, Harvard Business Review group is, is not bad. Um, the um, uh, professional women's group, those are very well-run, moderated groups. Um, you know, even our own company group, Integrated Alliances on LinkedIn, which is at uh, joinia.com, um, is it's hard to moderate a group every single day and provide value. But these groups really do tend to um, moderate the group. Um, you know, like in our group, Link to Denver, the stuff on the board is about Denver. If you post something about social media and you're in Denver, I'm sorry, if you can't relate it to the Denver community or to Colorado, then it's gone. It's in promotions or it's not, you know, don't, don't post something from Inc. Magazine that has nothing to do with the state. This is Link to Denver, not Link to Inc. I okay. say that's tweetable. Um, so, you know, but it's but it's true. I mean, pay attention to what's going on in the group. Now, in that same little eye that I told you about a moment ago, where you find group information, when you click that, you'll see group rules. And if a group has rules, you better read them because it is the group owner 
the group owner and managers that run those rules, that set them up, and that, um, that make sure that they are followed. And if you break those rules consistently, they'll block you and delete you from the group, and you will be moderated, automatically moderated, in every single other group you belong to. That's a, a fairly new rule as of last year um, that LinkedIn instituted because there were so many people that were jumping into a group slamming it with a bunch of junk, getting kicked out, and then going to the next group and doing the same thing. So they said, you know, to stop this aggressive behavior, this is what we're going to do. Now, granted, somebody could overuse that, and it may not be fair that you were booted out. But if you don't look at the group, if you're going to be there and play the game, then know the rules. And the only way to do it is by clicking that I and looking to see if there's group rules there, if there are, read them and know what they are. And if there aren't group rules there, you might just reach out to the group owner or managers and say, hey, I'm new to the group. Um, I'd like to be valued to the group. How can I help? Okay. Oh, there's some powerful words there. How can I help? Yeah, yeah. good points. Now, you've been, um, you've been featured uh, in the Wall Street Journal, USA Today, Bloomberg, just to mention a, a few. Mm -hmm. What do you recommend for us or you know, other entrepreneurs, business owners, etc., to make that happen in their business? You know, I use some great tools that people have told me about. Haro, help a reporter out, H-A-R-O.net is a great place, and pitch rate to get connected to journalists who are seeking stories. Now, you don't want to pitch a self-promotional story, but if somebody's looking for information, you can pitch your expertise as a source for that story, and then you are helping a reporter out, and that's how you can be quoted and, um, and, and be recognized in those magazines. Um, you know, small business, American Express small business and things, um, and also continue to provide value. Every day you do something, if you do one thing a day to provide some significant value to the life of another person, even if it doesn't cost you very much, it can cost you 20 seconds, but if it's going to provide significant value to somebody else, do it and people will recognize you and remember you and start talking about you and thank you publicly for the help that you gave them and for the difference that you made in their life. People start to take notice when you do that consistently. Just like the LinkedIn five minutes a day, that value once a day will pay off long-term in big spades. Um, I have a few questions on entrepreneurships. One of them is how do you deal with the roller coaster ride of, of owning your own business, of entrepreneurship? Do you have a, a routine for that? Uh, because you can't really eliminate that. At least, I mean, I've owned my own business for over 10 years. and you know. But it's, how do you deal with it? Okay, I'm going to be real authentic, okay? Buckle up and enjoy the ride because it's going to be a ride. You're going to go up, you're going to go down, and you're going to go down. And when you get into the depths of the down, you're going to be alone and or people are going to say, what the hell were you thinking starting your own business? Are you, are you, why don't you go get a real job? Why don't you just, quote, as soon as people start saying just do this, I know I'm starting to come out of that deep uh, depression because that's it. That's the rock bottom for me. If, if somebody says to me, just get a real job, God help me, I want to smack them. Um, <laughs> I am not anybody's, I, I'm, I can't be an employee. I'm, I'm too much of a rebel. But, you know, we, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be those highs and those lows, and you're going to have to weather those storms. So just like you have to set money aside so that you've got something to weather rainy days, you've got to set some karma aside 
So just what we talked about, provide value every day. And when you need it, there will be people there that will want to repay that help that you gave them or refer you to somebody else that can help you to help you make it through those hard times. And you have got to have friends. And be honest. Be authentic. Go out on Facebook and use your Facebook community to say, hey, I'm having a bad day. I'm, I'm really discouraged. I know my business is going to make it. I know this is great and everything's on the rise and, and everything's great. But today I'm just feeling down. Anybody got some help for me? And you will be a at the people that respond to you, not only with encouragement, but with respect because you're keeping it real and you're telling the truth and you're not trying to make it, you know, look easy like skating across ice when it's not that easy. And other people will respect you for the struggles that you face and the things that you overcome in order to be the success that you, to have the success that you want to have. Um. What do you think is the biggest time waster for entrepreneurs? Social media. Social media. It's, you know, it's so interesting because, you know, you are this person that achieves so much with LinkedIn. Know, right? And you no, really made it work no, 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 for yourself. Honestly, though, I mean, I hope your listeners are halfway laughing at that and halfway not. I'm serious. Set a timer. Don't get sucked in. Do the things you need to do to, to push your business forward. Then get back to running your business and get back to serving your business and get back to doing your business. And, and, and beware of shiny objects that disguise themselves as opportunities. If you don't know where you want to go, if you don't have a destination in mind, you will not enjoy the journey, or you will. You'll just, you know, go wherever the hell the journey takes you, not necessarily to where you want to go, right? So you've got to have that end goal in mind. And, and, and as you approach that end goal, what's the next end goal and the next end goal? Because life is a journey. And so as you get to, you know, your short term, what am I going to do 30 days in the next 30 days, the next 60, 90 days, the next six months, the next 12 months, the next three years, what do I want to have happen five years from now? And by golly, what do I want my life to look like ten years from now? And that's hard to imagine because life is changing so much. But you can, you can think about how you want life to feel and what you want it to be like and, and the, um, that, that kind of surreal type stuff that you want to have going on in your life. I want to have more time for my kids or my, my daughter's going to be graduating in eight years. And when she graduates, I want to take a summer off and go explore Europe with her. Um, and, and, you know, whatever those goals are, write them down and stick to them. And, and at the same time, be flexible. And you know what I would say, George, is get the book by David Hancock and Bobby Kipper. It recently came out. It's called Performance Driven Thinking. That will guide you and your steps and keep you on track. I've read that book five times, um, and it came out this year. Um, it just it's, There's so many things that I knew that I didn't think about that were important to the success of my business. And as I got to the back of the book, to the 20, the 20 important traits of performance-driven thinkers and how to, you know, how to be a performance-driven thinker, I started realizing, wow, my God, I remember, I remember when I did this, when I started instituting this as a new skill and how my business moved forward. And I did this, and my business moved forward, and I did that. And here's these things I still need to work on so that I can be even better as an entrepreneur, as a woman, um, as a professional woman that wants to end my life with a legacy of, of having respect from people I admire and having, um, having thanks from people whose lives I've made a difference in. Now, uh, regarding admiration, if you had to choose someone in business to emulate, who would that person be and why? 
Um, wow, just one person, huh? Well, <laughs> you know, I, I want to be respectful of your time. I have a couple more questions. I want to keep it as short as we can. You know, here's, I, here's who I would emulate. I, I would emulate. I would emulate Maya Angelou. Um, and a lot of people don't think about her as being in business, but she was an author and a poet. And, and an artist is in business when they are doing their craft, when they're practicing their craft full time. So I'm going to say Maya Angelou, and here's why. She said something that impacted my life when I was very young. Um, I read her words that it's not about what you do or what you say. It's about how you make people feel. And I realized later in life that it's a step further. It's not just about how you make people feel that makes a difference in your success. It's about how you make people feel when you're not with them that makes a difference in your relationship with them and in your own success. Because, you know, whether you have a great time with somebody when you are with them and then every time they think of you, they, they remember what a great time you had or if they do something kind for you and you send them a note, or you do something unexpected for somebody um, just because they're a great person, um, or they need the help, um, and, and you're not even around, but they find out that it was you. Um, you know, those, those are the things. That's what I'm talking about, that value every day. Always have a goal every day of, of making a difference in somebody's life about how they feel about you. Because it, we are humans, and I don't care how analytical or how um, you know, technical or anything else you are, we are driven by emotion, first and foremost. And that is going to be what drives people's decisions about what they do on our behalf. And I've had a lot of people who are super fans because of the way I've made them feel just by on Twitter thanking them for retweeting a post that I wrote about. And they're like, oh, my God, Lori Ruff talked to me. And I'm like, well, why wouldn't I? I mean, you tweeted my stuff. Thank you so much for, you know, but but people um, don't expect that. Right. And yeah. so when you do something unexpected and you make them feel that and you can spark that emotion in them now you've touched a life right at its core and you've changed it forever yeah that's really beautiful actually i i i, I haven't heard that and uh you know i i'm going to use that at some point if you don't mind it's very beautiful I don't mind. Uh, spread that far and wide you know if your if your daughter came to you one day or 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 maybe your best friend and and she wanted to become an entrepreneur, what would be the first thing that you would teach her? Um, the woman who was my best mentor told me that she would not mentor me until I mentored someone else. And I said, Jesse, I, I, how could I possibly mentor anybody else? I'm the one who needs help. And she said, Lori, look at where you've come. Look at how far you've come in your life and what you've accomplished. And there are women out there who want to be where you are, just like you want to be where I am. So you can't take this journey and be able to measure your success going forward until you realize where you've been. And as you grow, you'll continue to see how far you've come if you mentor someone else. And I tell everyone who asks me that advice, actually my daughter's in nursing school right now, and I've encouraged her to find a mentor in nursing school and to mentor new students. She's uh, finishing up her sophomore year um, in nursing school, and I said, find a freshman as you go into your junior year that you can mentor coming into the program and give them advice of 
decisions you'd make differently or things they need to watch out for because you'll have more success going forward. And, and I would say that to everybody. Um, it's really important to have a solid foundation of reality. Where am I really? Not where do I feel I am. Not do, am I in the depths or on the heights or whatever, but in reality, where am I? And unless you look around you 360 degrees, you cannot find that. Yeah, I only have two more questions. Is sure. that, do we have time for that? All kinds okay. of time. Okay. Um, what resources do you use to become a better entrepreneur? Uh, it could be either software, or you mentioned a book already, but mm -hmm. uh, whatever it is, uh, can you share share them? Maybe maybe two of them. Sure. You know, I honestly do use LinkedIn and 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 the social media sites as um, as a um, as business tools. I use LinkedIn not only to network, but I use it as a business intelligence tool. Who are my competitors? What are they doing right now? Um, you know, what is going on in the marketplace? Who are the people that I'd like to do business with, that I would like to um, provide services to? What can I learn about who they are and what's important to them? And, and I really do use LinkedIn uh, for those things, and I would encourage your listeners to do that as well. Um, and of course, the performance-driven thinking and, and all of the things that I've mentioned so far. But I think, um, you know, I would use a I would use this, the the alarm on your smartphone or or a kitchen timer or something like that. And when you commit to um, you know doing something for five minutes or for 20 minutes, or if you're gonna um, like when I set appointments, I don't set 30-minute appointments. I set 20-minute appointments. You know, and I, I block out that 30 minutes, but I say this is going to be a 20-minute phone call. That allows me to have that call and not feel rushed at the end. Like for our interview today, I set aside an hour because I didn't want to rush it at the end or say, oh, i got to go, i got to go, and be thinking about the next thing instead of focusing on the person that's sitting right in front of me. And, um, and that, that clock, that timer has saved my tush on many occasions. Sometimes it's got me out of things that I didn't want to be in. Other uh -huh. times, it's reminded me that this has been great, but we got to get. Let's get this. Uh, let's let's just kind of summarize what we talked about today and move on to the next thing because we're running out of time or whatever. But but that clock really does help, and it helps me respect my time because time is priceless. Time is not money. You cannot replace time. You can replace money. Time once it's gone, it's gone. So use yeah. it quickly. Um, do you have any last words of wisdom to share about uh, building or growing a successful business? You know, I mean, obviously, you know, networking is a big thing uh, with LinkedIn and everything else, but, uh, but it could be anything. I sign off all my emails, keep it real and rock on. Um, and my friends say that to me, they repeat it to me. Um, people that I, I started with the keep it real, I did the rock on to be encouraging, um, the keep it real also to be encouraging, but I, I started that because somebody said I was, um, she met me in person for the first time last year, as a matter of fact, in Dallas, Texas for my 50th birthday. I had known her for four months, and she said, Lori, what strikes me about you is that you are the same person online as you are off. And no matter where people see you, no matter what situation I've seen you in this week, you have been Lori Ruff, the LinkedIn diva. You are the same person everywhere, all the time. You keep it real. And um, and actually, I have a book coming out called called that to encourage people to do that same thing. But but don't get don't get caught up in the 
um, in the gratuity. I mean, yeah, you know, Forbes has named me this, and CEO World has named me that, and AGB has named this, and, and that's great, and I love that. It's social proof, and it allows me to prove to my clients that I do have the expertise that I say I have. It is um, a recognition of the work that I've done and the effort that I've put in, which has been, I mean, I swear to God, Herculean effort um, over the last 10 years um, with between, you know, the economy tanking, being an, a speaker and a trainer, two things that go out the window, out of the budget when the when the economy tanks, coming down with RA, having um, elder care issues and moving issues and, and just, I mean, everything in the kitchen sink thrown at you and you still you know, power through it and fight for your dreams because they're your dreams and they're not going to become reality if you give up on them. And, um, you know, it, don't get caught up and, and feel self-important about that, but, but keep be humble and keep it real and down to earth and let people know that that struggle is real, that it, it might look easy, but um, you've got your times too. And that will really open up um, a whole new world to you of people who will support you because you are providing encouragement to them. Um, you're keeping it real for them and allowing them to keep it real too. And I think if we started that movement on that, keep it real and, and just let's all be human um, and be okay with it, then that's that's a brilliant thing. You know, if somebody, mm -hmm. um, the the final thought is that expectations are dangerous. I can have expectations of myself because I know my capabilities. And sometimes I expect more of myself than I'm able to deliver, and I have to be okay with that. I cannot have expectations of other people. I can ask other people to do things or to accomplish something or to whatever, but I can't I can't make a decision based on, you know, you've got to do this at a certain time. You know, their kid got sick or something happened with their job or, or they had to make a decision between A and B, and I thought I was really important to them, and it turns out I'm not. I really am important to them, but this other thing took precedence at that moment. Um, you know, and, and those with no expectations are very rarely disappointed. And so rather than having high expectations of people, I make backup plans. You know, and that has really saved my tush and my relationships frequently. Okay. Frequently. Now, if you could draw uh, your dream business, what would it look like? You know, I'm pretty much drawing it right now. Um, Integrated Alliances is a global company. We're respected in our industry. We have a consulting arm, or we, we're, we have been focused primarily on training and consulting. Now we're focused primarily on consulting and training, which is a bit different for us because we're going after the consulting first, which leads to training. So that was a paradigm shift for us. But pretty much in, in, in um, creating divisions in our, in our company um, and, uh, and uh, um, different silos, that allow us to tap into each other um, to make things, uh, you know, to, to, to cross-pollinate, but allow each one of our Rockstar team members to focus on what they do best. So we have a division, a, a consulting division, and a training division, and a services division. I've got a sales team, um, you know, and everybody's doing what they do best and what they love, but they can all step in in other places as well. Great. So, last question. How can people connect with you, Lori? Oh, LoriRuff.com or LoriRuff anywhere. LinkedIn.com forward slash LoriRuff, Facebook.com, Twitter.com, GPlus.com forward slash plus LoriRuff. Um, the LinkedIn Diva, I'm, you know, I'm easy to find there as well. On, on Pinterest and Facebook, um, I'm also LinkedIn Diva. On Twitter, I'm, I've got a LinkedIn Diva account. 
Um, if they can't find you, it's their fault, right? <laughs> they can Google me. <laughs> they can Google me and find me anyway. It's an easy way to spell both, L-O-R-I-R-U-F-F, and, and really reach out. I am approachable. Um, I am busy. So if you reach out and I don't respond, please don't take offense to that and reach out to me again because I do want to serve people. Um, I do have a heart for helping people who ask for it. Um, we do have a free training resource at rocklinkedin.com where people can get a lot of free training. And I tell people, you know, if you heard me on George's show and you go to rocklinkedin.com to learn some of the basics and you've got questions about how to apply it to yourself, let me know you did that and I will give you 20 minutes of my time to make sure that you've applied it appropriately, um, the, the knowledge that you've learned. Well, Lori, uh, thank you very much. Uh, anyone out there listening, uh, if you need help with LinkedIn, she is the real deal. There are a lot of posers out there. There are a lot of people claim to be uh, the, the it, but, but Lori is the person. Check her out at integratedalliances.com or find her on social media. She's all over the place. Lori, thank you. Thank you, George. It's been a pleasure.